0: Welcome to Shine Women. I'm Sandra Pollock and uh, I am here with uh, some friends actually. This is our podcast where we talk about all things that impact on women and their journey through life. And my partner in crime is Liam <laughs> and welcome to today's podcast. Absolutely. Um, so, as we said, we're going to be talking about all sorts of things that impact on women's lives, their journey, their experiences, and that and that sort of thing. And our guest today is, I would say, a, a long-term friend of mine, actually. I've known her for quite some time. And uh, our topic today is time to talk. We're in the month of October, and here in the UK, one of the things that we um, consider Sorry, I'm in October. No, we are in the month of February, obviously miles ahead in terms of my year. We're in the month of February and here uh, we are looking at the topic time to talk. And you should have seen the face of my guests as I said the wrong <laughs> month there, but never mind. Um, so that I
1: comes guess... from sundry. Your whole life went on pause after those women's awards that you worked so hard to achieve. Your your you momentarily froze in October.
2: I think you're absolutely right I think you're absolutely right and we
0: will we will share some stuff about the women's awards which happens in September (laughs) Um, and yeah I'm still (laughs) obviously still recovering so we're we are talking today about time to talk and what's that what that is all about what it means and why talking is important so our guest and I'm terrible at introducing people. I really shouldn't say that. So I'm going to ask Linda Neville, who is our guest, to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her and what she does. First
2: of all, Linda, welcome. Thank you very much, Sandra. And um, hello, Leanne as well. It's lovely to be Hi, here. And um, thank you very much for introducing me. Um, that was such a funny moment. Leanne's face <laughs> was an absolute picture when you said October. And. Um, I'm Linda, as, as you've as you rightly said, I'm Linda Neville and I'm really delighted to be here. I, I run a company called Sanamente and what we do is we look after people who are suffering from mental distress and we help them build mental fitness. So we help them manage distress in the moment and we help them build good coping strategies for the future. And we do that either face to face or we do it with our online program called Strive. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So... What does Sanamente mean? It means healthy mind. It's yeah. Spanish or Latin for healthy mind. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, I
0: wondered. I wondered some time ago when, sort of, when when you started up with that because you've been actually um, a, a therapist. Tell me, tell us what you are outside of <laughs>
1: the-
0: <laughs> <laughs> before so, I say the wrong thing. Go on.
2: Yeah. So I'm a registered mental nurse, ah, and I have been since um, I qualified. I registered in 1988 which is quite a wee while ago, actually. Um, and I worked in the NHS for a very long time. I left the NHS in 2011 and set up in business myself then. And since then, I've retrained as a hypnotherapist and we apply hypnotherapy to the, the other modalities that we work with. And I also do a bit of expert witness work as well. So I assess people for their care needs for court. So for personal injury, medical injury, clinical negligence criminal injury
1: that type of thing yeah wow so um, a wealth of experience yeah you know like it's like this is a month for obviously top time to talk I mean you know what does that mean and particularly when we're talking about like now women and and in the workplace as well um like how do we encourage it how do we improve things for people
2: I think it's it's about creating that environment where it's okay Really, isn't it? It's I think that there's a big movement, isn't there, around it's okay to be to not be okay. Mm. And yeah. I think, you know, having been in mental health services for 35 years, it it's I've seen it grow and change so much over the years. We've gone from people with difficulties being hidden away to an evolving way of being able to talk about mental illness, mental distress, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. And we've now got to this position where it's okay to be not okay. It's a bit of a catchphrase, isn't it? And whilst I would agree, it is okay to be not okay. I think sometimes you've got to think, well, actually, let's not just stick with being okay, not being okay. We talk to lots of people who almost accept that because they're not okay, that is how they're going to be for a long, long time. And actually, It doesn't have to be like that there is something that you can do you know you can reach out to someone you can talk to someone you can get professional help advice support whatever that happens to be so whilst it is positive in some ways i think we have to be mindful of what does that actually mean you know it's not okay to accept that you're going to live your life feeling not okay all the time yeah
1: Yeah. i think it, it comes with the connotation doesn't it it's like it's okay not to be okay. And talk about it to enable you to do something about it and free yourself of it it's it's more that isn't it and uh, what we don't want to do is it to become the norm and and I think again within a business community when we talk about it's okay to be okay what does that really mean and it's um, and for me in the businesses that I've run it's about creating a safe environment where staff can come and talk to you about the problem and you know and you work through it together it's not just uh okay you're not okay you're coming to work oh you've had a day off because you're feeling a bit stressed and I think we have there's a real fine line and we have to be careful
2: around that yeah and i think it's about helping people to understand that there are various levels of not okayness isn't aren't there mm-hmm. you, know, you might be having a not okay day because something awful you know you've had an argument with your partner before you've left the house or you might be generally unwell but something you might have something distressing happening in your life and it's how you help that person gain some sort of agency that they can do something about the thing that they're dealing with yeah and, and feel okay. safe to be able to talk about it
0: so from your experience let's let's dig down a little bit a little bit further what are some of we're talking generally about you know time to talk but what are some of the issues the actual real issues that people are dealing with we're talking about mental health we're talking about you know what are the experiences that you are seeing uh people
2: having to deal with so As you know, our STRIVE programme works with employees who are obviously working within companies. And a lot of the time, the people who are referred to us are referred to us because they're demonstrating some sort of distress at work. It might be that they're struggling to come to work. It might be capability. It might be sickness absence. But there's something within that employee's behaviour that is causing the employer to be concerned in some way, shape or form. And when we talk to to the people on our programme, very often the issue that they're facing and struggling with is not work-related. It's it's outside of work. Uh, And it can be something around relationships. It can be something around how they're managing their own emotions. It could be caring difficulties. They may be having caring challenges with children or parents, relationship difficulties with partners or extended people. Sometimes it's neighbours. You know, the the breadth of problems that people find distress. Stressful to deal with it is quite a range so um does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. So, and, and it's an, sorry it's an no no go ahead to, to think about you know from from an employer point of view quite often employers will say to us well if all of that's happening to that person outside of work then it's nothing to do with me
0: and wow, you, know, wow.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you sort of think well that, that's not very kind, mm-hmm. is, you, is the first thing that you think. But actually, are you happy then to have an employee within your company who's struggling, not engaged, not productive? And, you know, yes, you've got a moral duty, but do you not have a business duty as well mm. to help that person? Yeah, because be it, it can, can. Be. Yeah, it impacts on the business, doesn't it? It impacts on the outcomes. It impacts
0: on the business's ability to achieve its objectives and its strategy and that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's it's all well and good setting this strategy, but for most businesses, they need human beings to achieve those.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And Um, it's likely that if you have one person in distress, then there could be a number of people around that person trying to support that individual. Mm-hmm. Um. so you know you, you've got a a knock-on effect across your business in terms of productivity. Yeah,
1: yeah. So- yeah, it does have a knock-on effect. I think the mood in the in the office and things like that has a knock-on effect, effect too. And you know, and you know, jokes apart, I used to always say, you know, I wish I could put a notice on the office door that said, if you haven't, you know, got your shit together today, go home and go and sort it out. Because, you know, it, it is, it impacts you, it impacts your mind, it means you can't think straight, you're putting unnecessary pressure and stress on those members of staff because you're not caring about their external environments and and with everything it's external you know external influences and environments affect the way we behave and um you know having been an employee of a, of a number of staff i think for me it's your duty as an employer to make sure that your staff are of the best of the the best they can be and if they are having a situation that's impacting work i think it's your in your professional capacity as a leader it's it's really up to you to try and facilitate something i mean clearly the individual's got to want to want to change or want to work with with somebody uh, but i think it's your your responsibility as a leader yeah. And mm. I think
2: you've got a responsibility as a leader as well to create an environment that is safe and confidential.
1: Yes. 100%. You know be-
2: because a lot of the time the the f- the thing that's causing the person distress is quite personal and intimate to them or it might even be shameful. Mm. And they have to have a level of confidence that if I if I talk to my colleague, if I talk to my line manager, my boss, whoever, that's going to be held in confidence. It's not going mm. to become office gossip or whatever. Yeah. Um, I I think for leaders,
0: it's understanding their responsibility to create that psychologically safe environment. Um, And I think, unfortunately, not enough take on that responsibility or recognize that responsibility. Um, So what, what happens to a person when they get to a point where they're experiencing that? I guess, if I could sort of, shouldn't lead in your questions, but what I'm thinking about is that maybe people become overwhelmed with what they're dealing with. Um, What's, you know, what's some of the signs that you've
2: seen of what that might look like? I think if someone is, if you you think about the continuum of um, stress, for example. So, you know, we all all need stress to get us up in the morning, don't we? We need that stress (laughs) to perform and it's good quality positive stress keeps us functioning but that stress can quite quickly move into being negative and then it becomes an an anxiety situation and then once you've endured that for a little while you then move into you're down the trajectory heading towards burnout Mm -hmm. so as you're moving down that trajectory away from the positive stress to the negative overwhelm type you've got a whole raft of signs and symptoms that are kicking in. So you've got your physical symptoms, you know, you've got your your sweating, your heart rate's up, your, your breathing difficulties, you might feel a bit dizzy, you might feel a bit sick, your legs are a bit shaky, you know, and these can be intermittent, and they can present themselves as physical complaints and physical illnesses that cause the person to think, well, I can't go to work today because I'm not well, when actually, you know, it's a physical manifestation of a psychological distress, it's not actually a physical condition and mm. um, so as that person's moving along that trajectory these can become more intense and um, you've also got the the psychological being finding it difficult to manage your emotions finding it difficult to to express your emotions that then has an impact on your communication that then has an impact on your relationships both at work and at home and then it's quite easy when that's happening to find yourself in a cycle of feeling either victimized and resentful and unhappy then your mood's starts to dip so you know anxiety and low mood are two sides of the one coin so very often if you're worried you're going to be sad and if you're sad you're going to be worried so you've you've kind of got that cycle happening mm-hmm. as well yeah. Um, and then it has an impact on your decisions and your decisions then become they can be challenging can't they so it could be decisions around what you're eating what you're drinking who you're sleeping with you know your behaviors can start to be a bit erratic and a bit difficult and you can end up doing things that then help you feel guilty and shameful for those and then you've got that negative spiral that you're working with yeah yeah.
1: Yeah, as but... leaders, as leaders, uh, Linda, how how do we create or cultivate uh, mm-hmm. an environment where we're saying it's okay to talk and it's okay to to say I've got a problem, I need some help? How do we cultivate that environment?
2: I think it's about it is about that trust, I think, and it's about that openness, and I think it's about being absolutely fallible as a human being. You know, I think our expectations of people um, have to be such that we almost expect them to be flaws that we expect a flaw within an individual that we're communicating with and actually Mm. if you have a flaw that's okay because you're a human we expect you to have one Um, and we're Mm. happy to help you with that so I think it's that level of um you know it's it's that human connectedness Mm. rather than you know I'm your boss you're at work and this is what I expect of you and I expect 100% all of the time it's It's that that give and take. And Mm. as I said, I think the security and the safety is really, really important. That if I tell you something very personal, you you are going to do, you're going to treat that with confidence. You're going to help me, you're going to protect me and you're going to um, encourage me to get some sort of help. Now, that doesn't mean to say you're going to go there, 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 that you're going to be okay. You may have to make a very difficult decision and you may have to say, i don't know you know um i need to get extra advice on this what you've told me is something that i i i don't have the skills to deal with therefore you've told me in confidence and i need to get advice so that i can support you and i'm going to go here to get it mm. Yeah, no, I, yeah.
1: I agree, I, and I think for me as a leader, as I've uh, led, you know led teams as well, I think some of it's about showing a bit of vulnerability yourself as well yeah. to, to gain that trust, isn't it? So you know, we every single one of us you know has moments of of weakness. We have moments where we do feel stressed or we're fearing something. And I think just expressing that yourself as well to your team and and being open about it, you know just makes something think actually, we are all in this position together. It's not just you, it's not unusual it is a it's it's the norm for most people, and it's just how we deal with it, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, And I think there's something as well about um the solution focusedness focusness of a conversation you know if if I'm feeling awful and decide to share something with you i'm reaching out i'm almost saying can you give me a hand i'm stuck Mm. i don't know what to do with this so even if the advice that you want to give me is not right but if you're trying to help me find a solution if it's not you point me in the direction of someone else but to show that care to show that compassion that i'm worth you making an effort in Mm. trying to help i think that's really really important yeah. yeah,
0: and yeah. I, yeah, and I think Leanne, you you sort of raised the point that I was going to talk about, and 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 it is about how leaders demonstrate their humanity by admitting that they sometimes have you know overwhelming situations or stressful situations, and talk about their own um, experience through that journey. You know, and you know the, 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 how they've felt. You know how they, what they have used themselves in in terms of tech uh, techniques and tools to uh, address that situation. I think if leaders are not honest, as you were saying, Leader, uh, Linda, if they're not honest about their experience, then they're not creating that environment where it is seen to be safe yeah. for everybody else. Yeah. So it's it's being human and not being afraid ourselves um and we we, we've been talking a lot about the work and employment situation but a lot of our um, our members um and our listeners are um you know they're what they're everyday people they have families they have you know doing stuff in the community or whatever so i guess for me what i'm thinking about time to talk but what does talking do what what difference can talking make um for, for for someone do you think
2: I, I think it's it's the connect it's the the human connect connectivity, isn't it? It's connecting to another individual, mm-hmm. and it's so important to to have that network round about you. So yeah. it's important that you can talk honestly and openly with your partner. It's important that you can have those productive conversations, and that you've got those boundaries. You know that you're looking after yourself within your relationships, and you, that you're looking after the other person, but not just within and within communities as well so you're know, thinking about your wider community your workforce your colleagues all of those people because you know I firmly believe that you know compassion and connectivity is what holds the world together I agree and we we <laughs> have to we have to nurture that and we have to we have to pay attention and we have to work hard at nurturing it it doesn't just happen and for us we on our STRIVE programme, we we teach around compassion and we teach that um, it's made of seven components. You've got kindness, understanding, dignity, respect, but you've also got wisdom, courage and strength. Mm. So, you know, you are asking people to dig deep into their compassionate wisdom and think, right, I know what the answer is to this and I'm going to use my strength and my courage to, to put it into place. Mm. But it's not only being compassionate to the world around you, it's being able to receive compassion and it's Absolutely. also being compassionate to yourself
0: yeah.
2: yeah and quite often people are not in balance they're very very good very very good at being compassionate to the world but but themselves. yeah <laughs> but looking after themselves and receiving compassion is it's really difficult because you then place yourself vulnerable in a vulnerable position it's like you said sandra about being you know showing that humanity mm-hmm. but If you place yourself in a vulnerable position, what you do is you give the other person the opportunity to show an act of kindness. And what you're automatically doing is building that connection and helping that person feel good. Yeah. Absolutely. You're
1: it's giving fun. them a gift by allowing them to help you. So yeah, absolutely. I, I, and so generically as human beings, we're cruel to ourselves, aren't we really? So we yeah. we, we beat ourselves up um, frequently. Um, so, so, you know, and you see that, I, you know, I, I, I do it to myself. So I think that we have these limited beliefs and we, build, we we beat ourselves up. And I think only by talking and just general talking, you know, it it's like, you know, with friends or colleagues or business acquaintances, it's all of it's just like, actually, we, we're all feeling the same generally. Mm-hmm. And it yes. is, you know, it's back to that. It's, it is okay. It's not just you. Whereas I think sometimes you go down your own little rabbit hole and you think it's just you and the whole world's against you. And, you know, and it's all of that, isn't it? And then you, you know, without talking about it or vocalising it, you're just internalising. And I think that that time to talk is just like, just go to a coffee shop with a friend and speak. Yeah. But, you know, there's some people that don't have that, that opportunity to talk to others. So yeah and one of the things i i do
0: like about our network is that we create those opportunities you know we meet up and and talk and i mean and and it's about thinking about the people who are around you that are open to you speaking to them and they honor what you say. And you know, as you were saying, Linda, that what you share with them is going to be kept confidentially, but then that you're providing that same support to them. Because I know from my experience, when I've taken, <laughs> when I've taken my eyes off of myself and looked to support somebody else, that changes the mm-hmm. dynamics. But also I've also, I remember going through a period of time where I've had to really, um, I'm going to use the word pride I had to step down from that position of I'm supposed to be the person looking after everybody else um and that 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 can that can feel good but actually when you need support it doesn't feel good because you 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 feel empty so I had to really step down from that position of being too proud in my own head and actually go to my friends and actually talk and actually say, but you need, you do need to choose your friends. You do need to choose the people that are around you that will support you. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think you also need to, sorry. there no, you go on. Go on. I was, I was going to say, I think you also need to um, almost have a framework of values, if you like, or a framework of, of rules around how you live your life. So you can kind of be checking in with yourself mm-hmm. um, because I think it's very easy to get very busy. It's very easy to get very focused on, you know, whether you've got something awful happening in your own life and you, you've, you kind of lose sight of what's happening it with your colleagues or your, your partner. So I think to be able to check in with yourself and say, right, okay, how am I? How am I looking after myself? How am I looking after my community? And am I letting people look after me? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And w- one of the things
0: that, that I I know that in, uh, well, in America, I was looking, I can't remember the details, but there's there's a big issue in America. Um, and I'm sure that it's a similar issue here in the UK. Um, but with loneliness, um, and and you know just we're not talking we're not talking about people that don't go out to work only we're just talking about people generally. So I mean, what's what's your view
2: or your experience on this whole loneliness pandemic? That's <laughs> it's an interesting one because we have lone, we ask a question around loneliness on our wellness assessment, mm-hmm. and um, it's often surprising to see the people who will say that they are often lonely or they're always lonely. And they're quite often presenting as eccentric, mm. outgoing, bubbly, gregarious people that you think, oh, that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But they, 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 these people are, are busy looking after the world, as I've said before. They're busy being the life and soul of the party and providing entertainment, support, guidance, whatever it happens to be but they're not opening themselves up to receive and because they're not opening themselves up to receive they feel alone they feel yeah. isolated yeah. and they don't know how to how to make that first step they've almost mm. boxed themselves into a corner mm. of expectation yeah yeah. And it's like
1: a mask, isn't it? Really, you put yourself in your own little prison, haven't you? And I think yeah. you know that—that's why I feel like the, you know they've done this, put the mask on, and then you're like literally trapped behind the, your own bars that you've created yeah. for yourself. And you know, so it's—it's yeah. it, it's interesting, isn't it? When you when you do think about it and obviously you know sharing your experiences is just like been amazing really and you know and i don't think i'm talking out of turn i have in whilst employed people i have referred people to um linda when mm-hmm. i've had a conversation with them and it's become beyond where, where i can help a person and mm-hmm. i think that you know one of the important things i think as a leader as well is knowing your own limitations and capability because you know if you do something inappropriate or you know you can make the situation worse so i think you know there's don't, don't mess about with these situations, I think is what I'm saying, you know, refer yeah. it to somebody that that really does know, you know, how to handle this. And, you know, one comment that I had from a member of staff was like, you know, the two of you saved my life. And, you know, it, it really is that, that on that cusp of like, that's what you did. And, um, and I think it's recognising that and helping the person. And at the time, their thought process isn't rational enough mm-hmm. to be able to think for themselves and to maybe seek that help. So I think yes. really you are just giving them that gift to, to help them and to guide them really so it's about sideposting them to to people like uh and, and linda yeah
2: I'm, i think I'm as well 100%. it's important for people we hear a lot that um the people that we work with say a lot that people who've said to them i can help you is really really powerful because a lot mm-hmm. of the time people who are in distress have got to the point where they think their thing is so big it can't be mm. solved and mm. it can't be helped. And just to have another human being go, I can help you with that mm. or I'll mm. try and help you with that, or even a listen is is so powerful. So I think, yeah, in terms of time to talk, it is very much mm. the yeah. way forward and time to listen as well. Absolutely. And so There's one thing that coin... Yes. Yeah,
1: one thing linked with that as well for me is empathy, isn't it? And because, you know, everybody's, the problem is the problem. And, and you know, some people lack empathy and think, well, Britain? That, is that your only problem? You know, flipping the hat, yourself together. And I think you get that will actually have the empathy, that regardless of the situation, that's that person's problem. And we're all different as human beings, and we all, like, treat things differently. And I and I would encourage, you know, like leaders, I think that we, they need to have more empathy. yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah and the thing is acknowledge someone's feelings you know it's if they are feeling what they're feeling they're that's what they're feeling The you know it, it, who are we to say no you shouldn't be feeling that absolutely mm, okay. you shouldn't have that judgment
0: mm. yeah. so so correct and i wish yeah. more of us would remember that you know it, it, we're not living in that person's life mind or emotional state so you know, it's their interpretation of their experiences, what's going on around them. And we're not, who's who are we to say that's that's good or bad? You know, but it, we have to acknowledge where they are and give them the support that they need. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. No, so, I was going um, no, no, to say, Linda, to finish up, it would be really hmm. great because I think people gradually get into the state. So it's not like one day you're okay and the next day you're not. I think it's a gradual development yeah. into into that that state what would be really fantastic would be if you could write an article for our magazine that was just like you know the 10 signs of so you know what are the signs that we could recognize that we could mm. like then just say even to ourselves maybe it's time yeah. I got some help
2: yeah that would absolutely. be like really
1: powerful as a as a sort of membership absolutely yeah, absolutely more than happy to do that yeah so i think it is
2: important i think it's as Mm -hmm. important as having your well women checks and checking your breasts and Mm -hmm. having your smear test it is really important to check (laughs) in with your mental health it is i love (laughs) that i absolutely love that and maybe and maybe we need to maybe we need to do that as a
0: country you know have a have a place where where we have a check in with your mental health and it doesn't mean that you're crazy it just means that you know it's an easier step into
2: having that conversation and getting the help Absolutely. And, and the more you think about it the the, the more skilled you get at mm. being able to reflect being able to recognize and understanding where where your difficulties are because we all have them yeah. um, you yeah. know I think pretending that we, we we're superhuman is, <laughs> yeah. is not helpful yeah
1: yeah and it's funny isn't it we, we you know we pay our house insurance and look at that we take our car for an mot and you know for our own self and wellbeing and mental health we do diddly squat in general mm-hmm. so yeah. you know you know the majority of people it's like you know you are worth the investment and it, it, it's that yeah. as well isn't it when you see people that are going well i can't really afford it it's like mm, can you afford not to yeah, yeah. and you if you're
2: yourself your and... so important you know everything that you do originates from your mind yeah you know, from your imagination every mm. single thing to putting a kettle on to go into the toilet to designing a brand new fancy dancy business it all comes from <laughs> the same place yeah
1: and that is so good that is so for good. a small thing our brain's a powerful scary thing isn't it yeah. absolutely
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah, it has the power to make us or break us, really. And we have to look after it and, and manage it well. And and I think, you know, sort of sort of summing up here, one of the things that jumped out to me was how little we are taught in in, in, in schools, in education, in society yeah. about how to look after our minds.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think what fascinates me is that as human beings, we we almost treat our life as an endurance test. Mm. You know, It's like, you know, how hard can I push myself? How late can I stay up? How early can I get up? How many work things can I get into the day? And, you know, we just chat, you know, we get on that hamster wheel and we just keep going and keep going. And you look at how elite athletes look after themselves. You know, they have a period of rest. They have a period of psychological intervention. They have a period of physical activity and they're great. But us, bog standard humans are just like, nope, we're just going to keep on trucking. -hmm. But that's because we're influenced, (laughs) aren't we, by what's
1: classified as normal in the societies and the circles that we mix in. So, and and again, it's about that, you know, well, you know, you're only working hard if you're working 60 hours a week, really. Work smarter rather than harder. So it's that, and it's a perception of all those outside influences that make us all behave in a certain way, isn't it? So it's odd i think it's like really strip it back down and come back to basics isn't it in some ways yeah yeah definitely
2: absolutely yeah
0: well this has been a
1: great conversation
0: (laughs) i'd be happy to continue even further so just one final gem if you had a final gem to um to help people when we remember we're looking at topic time to talk what would your what would your gem be linda
2: oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) And um, my gem would be, um, I, I think it's on the back of everything that I've said earlier. Yeah, I think as leaders, as human beings, pay attention to the people around you, mm-hmm. and look out for that person who has changed slightly, doesn't look quite right, whatever, and just ask them, are they okay? Yeah. How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah, um, yeah, that would be
0: mine. Well, that, that I would agree with 100%. Yes, I'd second you. And and also, you know, ask again, because the initial, not from my experience, is the initial, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, but go back and ask again and show that ongoing concern. I think it's a brilliant gem. Thank you very much for that.
2: Thank you.
1: Okay. Oh. oh amazing. Well, thank you very much, Linda, for joining us. It's been a, a great chat and it's enlight- enlightening, I'm sure, for, for a lot of people. So, yeah, thank you
2: very much. Thank you very much for having me on, it's been lovely. It's always Thank great you. to be you too. And you.